Welcome to Business Talk Sister Crack. I'm Becca, and today's podcast episode topic is how to start a murder mystery company. And with me today, I have Jason from Guilty Party Mysteries. And thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, no, seriously, I'm so excited to be here. Um, not sure how much advice I have. We're a pretty new company, so but you know, there's. I'm hoping that uh, for listeners out there that I can help. Yeah, um, well. And it's always, you are one step further than the next person. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's a good place to be. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So our company, we're a murder mystery company and what a murder mystery is written word. And you're essentially playing out a character and I don't want to use the word acting because people get stressed out with the word acting, but uh, you play a character and there's structured three rounds of gameplay and each round the story progresses further and further until someone dies. And then at the end, you have to try and guess who the murderer was. It's really kind of a simplistic way of putting it. And we have a bunch of different ways that we can do that. We've done overnight events where it's spread out between you know, 12 hours. We've mm-hmm. done three-hour events. We're doing, we have a new one coming up uh, in October. It's a two-day event. It's at a uh, lodge. And there's... A lot of different activities, not just murder mystery. There's cornhole tournaments, there's pumpkin carving contests, and then a murder mystery kind of wiggled in there. So they're in, and we're starting to also incorporate escape room elements. So it's it's kind of learning wow. as we go. Yeah, <laughs> kind of all over the place. Okay. So um, why did you decide to start doing what you do? Um, I've always had, for me, so it's me and my wife. My wife's name is Liz. Um, okay. For me, I've always had an affinity for working for myself. I've, you know, not that there's anything wrong with working for somebody else. There's tons of people that love doing that. You know, I'd always go into a new job, super excited about it, then end up being like, gosh, I wish I could do something else. And once I found this and I, and, you know, finally started a business, I'm, I've never been more content with my life. And so this is, for me, the business aspect, you know, if you want to put a word to it or title, administrative. You know, I like learning about Excel and I like doing all that. Um, the For my wife, uh, she is a, uh, an aspiring author. She's published a short story and oh. kind of she sticks to the horror genre mm-hmm. or thriller, I guess, maybe is probably the better way of that. But And she's been throwing murder mysteries since, uh, oh gosh, she was 22 and she's 34 now. And our wedding was a surprise wedding murder mystery. So like her, you know, we, had, <laughs> yeah, we had all our friends and family dressed up as characters and they thought it was just going to be the, um, what do you call this, the practice ceremony before a wedding. But uh, yeah, so they're all there for the practice ceremony the, for the day before, but it ended up that that was our wedding and her dad walked her down the aisle in scuba gear. So <laughs> it's just... Wow. Yeah, and so it's just one of those things that just kind of falls in your lap. Someone had come up to me after Liz threw a party for uh, a bunch of friends of ours, and someone had came up to us and said, "How much? How much would we have to pay you? How much would I have to pay you to do this for my family?" And like for me, as like wanting to start a business, that was just like a light bulb. I'm like, okay, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a long story of how we kind of got into it. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into the how you do what you do. Um, Can you give me an overview of how 
like a murder mystery event works for those who may not have heard of it? Like when, when you have one, how do people know about it? All that kind of stuff. Sure. So it starts, um, the starting point for us is to figure our storyline uh, and how to write it and structure it. And then from there, we'll market it on uh, our f- social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Liz is dabbling in TikTok. Um, and depending again, back to the a little bit ago where I said that just different kind of lengths of events, you know, depending on that event, you know, it could be a three hour, it could be an overnight, it could be two days. And um, from there, uh, they can go th- to our website and purchase a ticket. Or if they want their own private party, they can contact us and we can set something up that way. And then the next step, once they purchase a ticket, we send out a, a customized personality questionnaire. So Liz is really loves to make sure people are comfortable. And a majority of our ticket sales are women and the poor husbands and boyfriends get dragged along and that's just not their thing. And so what, what she tries to do <laughs> is make sure that everyone's comfortable with their character. And so that personality, you'll get a personality questionnaire and she'll try and fit you with just the right character. And, um, you know, after that you get costume ideas and suggestions and background before the event. And, um, after that, once you arrive at the event, it's, uh, I think I stated earlier, it's for like a three hour event. It's, uh, three rounds of gameplay generally. And the story progresses pretty quickly as you get into the second and third round. So, yeah, that's kind of like the general overview of it and how it works. Okay. Yeah. So how do you come up with the so many different themed mysteries? Are any of them based on real world events? Good question. Um, we kind of lean towards the thriller, horror, kind of, not even fantasy, but Almost unbelievable storylines, because if you think like 80s slashers, right? That's just kind of, this, okay. <laughs> it's not, but it's not like, it's not really that believable. It's kind of crazy, kind of silly. And so we kind of lean towards just these wild storylines where it's not like, we like a lot for the ones that we write. We like a lot of uh, kind of out there subjects. So the, like the lodge that we're having in october where the two-day event is an is an 80s horror uh event there's a murderer that is replicating his favorite movies i think that's all i want to say on that because i don't want to give any of that away (laughs) but yeah so it 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 really kind of depends on the season that probably is a better answer and kind of where because we want to we want to tailor to the general mood of our customers and especially the season you know we, uh, october we're super busy so mm-hmm. those are those are pieces that we try to put in. it also it's venue dependent so we're finding that a lot of uh, the overnights at bed and breakfast we decided to write a, uh, a ghost hunting paranormal investigation investigation mm. because the two bed and breakfasts that we worked with are quote-unquote you know supposedly haunted and so that was just the ideas are very natural. They just kind of come to us. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the the venue inspires the way that you lay it out. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm such a feeling-based creative. Just for a tiny example, for like escape room pieces that I do for the story, I'll look at, I'll, I'll think of like a lock or a puzzle or something physical. And, and from there, I can create more of the backstory 
for example, I'm looking at a rotary phone for a current one that we're building. And I'm looking at why this person has that rotary phone and, and what he would use it for and what does, how does that advance the storyline and, and that rotary phone, what, what does it bring to the puzzles, the physical puzzles? And I don't know, it's, it's very natural for, for me. Um, Liz is very, uh, when she has a general overview of what she wants to write, she'll, she has a, a, being a writer, she has a structure of how she goes about character development and all that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's natural. It just kind of happens organically. Okay. Yeah. So um, have you found like anything in terms of like ideal party <laughs> size for a murder mystery or number of guests participating, anything like that? It's um, story dependent. Um, okay. If you go with the attention of essentially like go back to the three hour event, three hour event, that kind of our best window is between 30 and 50, but active characters we've included. Now we've included detectives. So if you don't want to play a character, you don't have to, but like active characters, 50 is mm. kind of really pushing it for us. Right. Okay. Um, but for like the two day event lodge, we were looking looking at 60 people, I think is the max. And we can, we built the story to go beyond that. So it's really kind of uh, story dependent and what, what we want to do with it. We're, we're, we're very agile, agile in developing those stories based on where we're going and, you know, the audience that we're going to have there. Okay. Yeah. So as you've been growing this business, what has been the best uh, source of traffic for you to, to grow it further? You mean from like a marketing perspective or? Yeah. Is it more referral based or how, how do people find out about you and how do you get connected? Yeah, sure. This is, that's funny. I asked this question. I was just having this conversation the other day. Um, the simple answer is word of mouth. The more okay. dynamic answer to that is, you know, we've never really, other than advertising for a specific event on social media, We've never like actively went after people, not people. <laughs> that sounds, we never really went after, you know, mm -hmm. the sale right. and like retargeting and things like that. A lot of it has been word Very of mouth. Organic. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And we're looking at switching, you know, I'm looking at going full time into the business to be able to do that. But yeah, right now it's been very organic word of mouth. Okay. Yeah. So what are the pros and cons to working with an organization booking versus doing your own or having a private party booking? What have you found are like the highlights of each and what are the parts where it gets a little um, difficult? From a business owner perspective, working with other businesses has been probably the best resource in not, oh, okay. in just learning about business, especially if you're new to it um, and being open to that. That's I mean, it's indirect relation to what you know the question there but I, th I think that's really important so for like a really positive um side of working with venues is meeting these new people and looking at the world differently and business differently and so i really enjoy that piece um liz i we've chatted about that too we're, or we chatted about this question too she loves um digging into the history of different venues 
And the oh, owners okay. will help with that. And they love that. You know, it's a real tangible piece and they're, they're really proud of that. And so we want to make sure that our work reflects that. And so that's a really fun piece of all this. It's this, it's this collaboration between um, people, especially specifically the ones that we're looking at selling public tickets for. I think the hardest, I mean, kind of the difficult piece for us is finding personality match, right? And, you know, working with people who, who, who aren't, you know, that all ultimate capitalists where nothing matters, right? This really matters to us. And you know, we want people to have an escape from the mundane and the boring and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a good place to go and be weird. And so the struggle is finding, not the struggle, but the thing that we really look for is specifically venue owners is people who are willing and want that same experience that we're looking for. Who are willing to have the suspension of disbelief almost. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And, and they want to be a part of it. It's not just about the bottom line. That's, I mean, that's really not what it's about for us. I mean, that'll come if, if we believe in that mission, right? I mean, that'll, that'll just come. But um, yeah, that's, that's our biggest thing with venues. The hardest piece is finding the right people to work with. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think is helpful for other people to know about doing an event company like this? It's so funny. I didn't realize I was we were an event company until about three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, I mean, when you break it down to just the basic of what we're doing, it is an event company. Um, specifically, um, you really have to be okay with not knowing everything, especially the day of the event. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that you know you can try and prepare for, and there's a lot of contingencies that you don't prepare for and then they end up happening. And, and I had the best advice the other day was like, you know, that it's going wrong, but the guests don't have to know. And <laughs> that changes everything. Right. I mean, as long as you're smiling and having a good time, they don't know what's going on. And, and that's okay in some sense, right. Depending on the severity of the situation, but, you know, kind of being able to play on your feet and, you know, being able to adjust um, mm-hmm. is probably one of the biggest assets to running a business like this because you're dealing with so many different people at once there's so many different variables you just got to be able to um be quick on your feet and it honestly it probably comes from us being paramedics right i mean you're talking about most elevated situations that you could be in that we have to control a scene and that's something that's just inherent in us now and it doesn't really bother us yeah. So. Well, and usually nobody's dying. So that's good. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> that really changes that the whole dynamic. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's not as stressful as being a paramedic. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, if you were to do it over again, what would you do to to make it go smoother when you first started? Oh, good question. And this this answer is for any and all businesses out there. Find yourself a tax accountant and talk <laughs> okay. about the plan. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Find yourself all the different, you know, go and talk to a bank and be like, what's my steps? Right. Cause we were like, you know, we used our personal card to buy things and then set up the bank business bank account later. And there, there, you know, there's some, some ways to do it for myself. I like structured. And so, you know, looking back, I would have done A, B, C, D and not do F, G, A, C, B. Cause then it's just cleaning up a mess. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think makes a murder mystery memorable? Does it have to do with the participation of the attendees or is there more you can do to help it along? I think chemistry between the guests is super important. It's it's a, a back to variables. It's one that you can't you mm. can't account for. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take that on your shoulders. And so you have to be the weirdest one out there. And <laughs> okay. by weird, yeah. you know, you know, like it's okay. And you, we've had plenty of those where it's just it was the first hour or two was a dud. And we're like, I'm nervous, and I'm like, this isn't going well. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that's I would say that. Yeah, no, it it kind of and of any kind of event, I feel like the participants, what they put into it is what they're also going to get out of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And and one of the things we're looking at is like, and I know it's a ridiculous request, but putting cell phones away, you know, taking mm-hmm. that away mm-hmm. and getting you into it, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to require it, but I think that that's such a huge distraction and, and it's nice in events where like if Liz is running it, I'll watch and I'm watching people and I'm watching how they interact and I'm taking notes and I'm seeing what, what we could do better. And I'm always trying to figure that out. And cell phones is always a big piece where people are always pulling away for cell phones, which is not cell phones that are a bad thing. Right. But what we want people to do is let go. Yeah, no, absolutely. So as you're going through the process of getting ready for an event like this, what do you do to stay organized? And are there any like tools or resources that you found helpful in that? Um, Yeah. Um, The first part of the question is stay organized. We use, I don't know if you've heard of monday.com. Okay. Yeah, I have. Yeah, they got a lot of uh, excellent event planning templates that we've used and is very mm-hmm. helpful for, you know, Gantt charts and all that and, you know, pipeline workflow. And that's just, I'm a very visual person. So that's super helpful for me. And then on top of that, dabbling in Excel, there's so many things and so many features that you can use in Excel. Those are kind of my biggest tools, our biggest tools that we use. Your venues, you know, honestly, you can say that about any business. There's so many people out there with so many different experiences and so many different um, things that they're good at. Into, I don't like the word leverage, but the, it's the word that comes to mind to leverage those people's skills. You know, leverage seems like it's transactional, but to have them help you essentially. And, you know, there's, they're out there. People love helping and you want to build a community around whatever you're doing. I mean, there's people out there, so. Okay. Yeah. So how do you position yourself as a business knowing that there aren't very many similar experiential businesses out there? Do you try to compare yourself to like escape rooms then, or are there other ways that you figure out your ideal pricing model for a party? So this question specifically is related to pricing model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, boy, that was a tough one. Uh, Why I think do you we're think still I'm asking the question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a really tough one. Um, so service businesses is weird, you know, for anyone who hasn't really dove too much into it, you know, there's, it's really about time and your time and what you're willing to be paid for it. Yeah, sure. There's products and you know, decorations and things like that, but any service industry, there's a lot of time involved for service service. Mm-hmm. And so that piece for us is constantly evolving and we're constantly looking at it. You know, at first we didn't worry about the time because realistically we were learning so many new things that you know Mm -hmm. takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. 
and we're just starting to like track time for how much time it takes to do pre-event, you know, communications and how much time does it take to decorate and things like that. Um, but pricing model wise for the first year for us, we're like, we're going to shoot for break even. Right. And that's, mm, that's mm-hmm. our goal. And then after that, now we're, you know, when we budget for an event, we essentially just do an income statement for each event because it's its own little business. Right. And it sounds kind of weird there, but it is, we can get a snapshot of that business or that event as a business. And we shoot for a certain percent for net profit. And so that's how we do it. I mean, it's nothing crazy. It's, and maybe it's probably not the right way, but right now that's how we're doing it. Okay. Yeah. And then does that vary based on like the amount of participants that engage and stuff like that? Yes. That's the biggest, one of the biggest factors you're trying to forecast based on max amount of ticket sales. And so that's, that's kind of the hardest piece. Yeah, no, absolutely. And do you ever have to factor in venue costs as well? Or is this more of an add-on service that you bring to people who are already having a venue? We actually, so for example, I think the best way to answer this is an example. So bed and breakfast. So we'll just take over the room fee and our murder mystery fee on top of it for to decrease the barriers of entry into the event. So they don't have to go and buy a murder mystery ticket and then go to the website of the the mm, uh, mm-hmm. bed and breakfast to buy the or rent the room. So it's all bundled in one ticket. Got and it. then they can, they, yeah, it just makes it easier for everybody. Okay. And then we end up paying, you know, we kind of check to whatever venue it is at the end of the event. Yeah. Awesome. So I was going to ask you, do you do that as like an add-on service through like the experiential part of like, say, Airbnb or VRBO or anything like that? Uh, Not yet. We're looking at that piece and what are the liabilities and if that would be allowed under Airbnb's rules. You know, some people are really strict about that. Like they have cameras all over the place. They see, you know, you, you rent the room for four, but there's eight people there for a certain amount of time. They get kind of goofy about that. But Definitely something we're looking into. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good to know. Um, so how can people find you? Uh, so we have a website. Um, it is www.guiltypartymysteries.com. Um, Facebook, Guilty Party Mysteries, and Instagram, same name. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. And we're going to transition now into the gawk portion of this episode, and I, so I've been to one of your murder mysteries before, um, just a three hour one, but I feel like that I got a lot out of it because I went with a few friends that I actually was in plays with when I was in high school. And so we were all really excited because we dressed up and everything. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know if you noticed that, but anyway, <laughs> and my, Those are my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part about the murder mystery was this, um, this lady who got really into the death scene and just had this glorious, like blood curdling scream as she died. <laughs> and, and like, she yeah. was just there and then she was gone, like between the tables and it was like, <laughs> To this day, like every time I see that lady, I'm like, oh yeah, she's got a really good scream. (laughs) (laughs) So I really wanted to like ask you, um, what are, what are some of like the best death scenes you've seen as people kind of go down and, and play that part as the victim? Yeah. And 
my my go-to is our second event ever so talk about like ultimate stress for us we're like panicking the whole way through and just everything just doesn't seem to be going right in our head and Mm -hmm. when it comes time for the person to die they go into the bathroom and get ready and we're at rapids brewing at this point and there's an upstairs balcony that overlooks the whole uh tap room and it's ah. open to the downstairs. And this victim came out and did exactly what you said. I mean, in downstairs in front of a packed tap room, blood curdling scream, I've been murdered. And I, <laughs> the music, the live music stopped. And I'm like, this is awkward. Uh. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Everyone stopped and I'm like running over to the stairs to see what's going on. And she's at the bottom of the stairs laying there. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was wild. And, you know, honestly, it probably did really good for our next, uh, it was probably fantastic advertising for our next party after that, but it was unbelievable. Wow. And like, was this also while they were having other just regular people in and out of the, uh, of the location as well? Yes, it was. Packed. Ah, that's amazing. So it really was like the reaction of people thinking someone was dying. A hundred percent. And she, she knew all these people were down there and she didn't care. She's like, I'm doing this right here, right now. Whoa. I know it was awesome. <laughs> like it was like a real life movie. hundred percent. It was so funny. Wow. But that's probably my favorite, my favorite one. Mm, I'm bummed that I missed that. That that seems like an epic moment in history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and if you have enjoyed this episode, you should give it a review on Spotify. And I will see you next week. <laughs>